Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new edition of Geek to Me Radio. Tonight, we have actor Eric Nelson on talking about his role in Yellowstone's prequel, 1883. We'll talk about a brand new bourbon for which he is the brand ambassador. We'll get into all that later. We'll talk to actress Laura Ailman about her role in the upcoming series, Casa Grande. All that and more, stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. If you're listening to us tonight in the greater St. Louis area on the big 550 KTRS, hello to all of you. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're streaming us out there, we've got YouTube and Facebook going because Joey V's in the house tonight. So hello to all of you watching tonight. And of course, if you're hearing us on the KTRS app or on the website, hello and thank you for finding us there. And as always, for those of you who listen to us after the fact in the podcast form on whatever platform you get your podcasts from, we do appreciate you finding us there and subscribing, and uh, hopefully you've left us a nice five-star review. I know I mention that every week, but that always makes Joey V very happy when we get a five-star review for geek to me Radio. So if you haven't done that already, please do so on the podcasting platform of your choice. We greatly appreciate that very much. Uh, we've got two great guests, so we're going to dive right in. My first guest, uh, we've actually had his wife on, Sainty Nelson, talking about all of her voice roles. Uh, what, Joey, probably a couple months ago, back then? Uh, and now we get to talk to Eric about his role. He's uh, got this great role in 1883, and I know it's a very popular series. A lot of people were, when I said I had Eric on the show, they said, oh my gosh, we're going to be listening to this for sure. So no pressure, Eric, uh, but uh, welcome to geek to me Radio. Well, thanks so much. Thanks, uh, thanks for making me nervous off the get. No problem. <laughs> it's it's such a. I mean, the the cast for the show, Yellowstone, on its own took off, and then they did the spinoff. Uh, you know, the prequel, I should say, eighteen eighty three. But this has been like nonstop star fest, just a huge drama. People are just engaged with this more than I can remember any other western since my dad watched Gunsmoke as a kid. Uh, <laughs> so, talk a little bit, if you would, about getting cast for uh, Enos in eighteen eighty three. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for everything you said. That that's just awesome. Yeah, really, it's still, it's still. I feel like I'm going to wake up from this dream one day, and uh, (laughs) somebody's going to pinch me really hard, and the fun's going to come to an end. But um, you know, it's 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 been a dream, and it's you know the cast we've worked with, everybody from Sam Elliott to Tim McGraw to Billy Bob Thornton. I mean, getting to hang out with with Tom Hanks on set, like the whole thing was just. Absolutely incredible from beginning to end. But originally, when I when I first got the audition, um, they wanted me to read for the role of Wade, which was kind of my cowboy counterpart on the series. Uh, that we kind of we we start the journey together, and he's kind of my you know best buddy on the show. Uh, and I, I sent in my tape for Wade, and they like almost wrote back immediately to my agent, and they were like, "No, we think he'd be much more right for Ennis." 
uh, could he reread and, you know, read this character instead? And then I did. And they wrote back almost immediately again and uh, said, we love him. We we, want to, you know, what did they basically pin me? Um, So, which is basically the step before they, you know, officially gave you the contract, but they're like, we, we like you. We don't want you to take any other work. Just give us some time to figure out the logistics of everything and we'll get back to you. Well, months go by and I figured the whole thing is like done and over with. And right when I'm, you know, mentally have moved on and assuming that it's not going to actually happen, I get a call from Taylor Sheridan himself, who is the creator of mm. Yellowstone and, you know, everything under the umbrella. And, uh, he basically was the first person to tell me that I got the job and, uh, fell out of my seat <laughs> and I said, when can I start? He said, we'll see you on set in two weeks. So it kind of wow. was just a roller coaster from that moment. <laughs> and I uh, you know with, uh, we, we talked to Brian Krause about some of the stuff he had, he got to do a Western, but they said he never let him ride a horse. You obviously do get to ride a horse uh, several times in this series. Were, was there any, uh, with the, the training, do you have to do any special, uh, training to ride the horses or anything like that? Or is there any kind of work with the, the animals that you have to do like a special training before, before you shoot your scenes? No, oh, absolutely. And as you know, most people saw on the show, I mean, 99% of what I do on the show is on a horse or surrounded by the horses and cattle. And, you know, so that was the most exciting part for me, honestly, was really getting to bond with those animals and um, getting to ride throughout the entire series. They actually put us kind of core lead cast members through a cowboy camp training, uh, which was like, I felt like a little kid, like every day showing up and getting to, you know, put on the holster and ride a horse for 12 hours a day. It was unbelievable. Um, but it was really hard. And, you know, we did have a lot of training. Um, we officially had two weeks of everyday training before we started shooting. I had an extra week because I got lucky and I happened to be live. I live close by Taylor Sheridan. Oh. And uh, so he said, well, if you want to start a week early, you can come out to the ranch and we can get cracking. I was like, Oh man, I'll be there every single day. If you'll have me. So <laughs> we, uh, we spent a lot of time riding and roping and shooting guns and cutting cattle, everything we needed to learn um, that we were going to have to do on the show. Uh, he had us doing day in and day out. And this is the middle of the summer in Ooh. Texas. So, you know, as you can imagine, we're all out there melting uh, 12 hours a day under the Texas heat. But it was um, it was worth every single beat of sweat, I tell you. <laughs> Yeah, we're up here in St. Louis. So we have that all that humidity, but I'm told in Texas it's a dry heat, so that should make it better somehow. I don't, I don't know how, but uh, that's what we're always told. Oh, it's a dry heat. <laughs> yeah, you know, we even get some humidity rolling in, too, which is weird and crazy. It's like the weather seems to be pretty bipolar here. Um, right. But, you know, the, the the sun is the sun, and it, it's blistering no matter which way you cut it. So it's, uh, and, you know, we're, we're in there, and we even started training in some of our costume and stuff mm. um, in, later into our training. And so, you know, we've got layers on yeah. layers of jackets and shirts and thermals. And, you know, because he's like, well, this is what you're going to be needing to do on the show. So we better start, you know, getting comfortable with it now type of thing. Um, so, you know, it was a lot. But when the adrenaline's pumping as fast as it was and, you know, there's 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 a bond you have with a horse that that's unlike anything else and it's just it makes for magic so all the rest of it you don't even think about it till it's over and then you're like whoa did i really just do that <laughs> what was what was the part of the training the cowboy camp that surprised you the most because i would think you know i'm an animal lover so oh my gosh i get to work with horses wow i get to work with cows and cattle and everything was there a part that surprised you or was harder than you thought it was initially going to be when you first went in 
Uh, you know, I think I took it for granted because um, I, I grew up with horses and was around horses uh, from my family and such. But, you know, we're not sitting on saddles from 2023. We're sitting on saddles from 1800s. Wow. And so I really quickly realized what it, <laughs> what happens when you sit on a saddle from the 1800s all day Ooh. long for days and days and days. You're, uh, you know, you get bruises and cuts and sores in places you didn't even really know were places. So it was, that was definitely the hardest thing for me was, you know, figuring out how to protect my body from just, you know, getting ripped to shreds on these Basically, it's like riding a plank of wood. Ouch. Yikes. Yeah, so that was tough to adjust to, but, you know, ultimately we figured it out, and it was all part of, you know, getting that authenticity that it takes to to create these roles and, you know, really portray what life was like back then. And, you know, that was all getting to experience it before filming it was actually a, a really, really big blessing that you don't get much on most TV and film sets because there just isn't time or money to put all their actors through, you know, multiple weeks before filming starts. Sure. So it was a, it was a true blessing and really grateful to Taylor Sheridan that that's his kind of technique. <clears throat> and my executive producer, Joey V has pictures up. He had a picture up uh, with, of you with Tom Hanks and he had a picture up earlier with you and Sam Elliott, which when it comes to Westerns and just Sam Elliott, I can't imagine someone who's uh, would be a bit more intimidating to meet on a Western set uh, the man just seems like he would know his way around everything on earth, actually. But how was it working with Sam Elliott? Oh, man. You know, I'm just I'm trying to make eye contact with the guy. All I can stare <laughs> at is his amazing mustache. It's just, you know, it, it was overwhelming. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, you know, you, you you watch these actors that you love and all these movies that you love. And you just you get this like thought in your mind of who you think that person is. And then you get the opportunity to meet them and you just pray that they're nice and they're somewhat of, of this, of this human that you've imagined them to be. And he is that guy that you're like, wow, you just seem like you'd be the coolest, nicest, you know, greatest guy ever. And he is. So the fact that that happened and, and he was as great as I was hoping he would be, it just made it that much sweeter. And honestly, he gave you the shirt off his back and he did multiple times for people. He's mm. just that kind of guy. And, you know, I, I would do anything to work with him again. He was, he was truly a great leader, great team player, and um, just cared for everybody on set. It was it was a great experience getting to be around him. And you're no stranger to working in some just fantastic projects. You've been on The Blacklist, The Following, Blue Bloods, and of course uh, you were also in All My Children, the revival of that, playing A.J. Chandler. My mom, that was her soap opera when I was very little. I remember her watching All My Children when it came on uh, ABC all the time. But to, to, to work on all these projects... Is there a uh, is there a role that you especially remember feeling like, oh, my gosh, I've made it? Was it your role in 1883 or was it one of these other series where you kind of feel like you, you've got a, you've got this Hollywood thing down now and you know this is, you know, this is your thing now? You know, it's funny. I feel like throughout my career, I felt that moment at different times. And then this career has a great way of humbling you very quickly. <laughs> you know, once the show's over, it's like, oh, okay, there is no real job security here. You've got to find the next one. Mm. So you're kind of always at the mercy of the studios and the network. Um, so, you know, right when you're up on that pedestal and you're feeling like life can't get any better, it it, it finds a way to, to humble you real quick. But, you know, it's funny because I've worked on so many different shows and it's been, I don't know, 17 years now. Uh, mm. And this was the first show that I worked on, 1883, that my entire 
family enjoyed and oh, loved. Really? They were all huge Yellowstone fans, and that's never happened. Like huh. when I worked out all my children, my mom, my aunt, my grandma, they all loved it, but not necessarily what my uncle was excited to sit down and watch, you know. And when I work on these cop dramas, it's like, oh, okay, my cousins over here like it, but not necessarily something grandma would like to talk about, you know, with her friends. This was the first show, I swear to God, no matter what the age of my family members, they all loved it. And it started with Yellowstone. And so for me, I felt like I made it because it was finally something I knew, you know, everyone in my family got behind and was just so excited about. And obviously they support all my work, but it was nice for me to know that they all were able to sit down and truly enjoy this and not just pretend like they liked it to make me feel good. Are you an actor who can watch? Do you, I mean, some some people don't like to watch their 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 work once they've done it. Some people like to go through it for a critique. Some people just kind of, oh yeah, I'll catch it sometimes when it's on. Are you someone who goes back and watches your work when it comes back to see? Okay, I want to change this. Are you very self critical, or are you just kind of what what you do out there? You trust the directors and the writers and yourself at this point to give the best performance, and you just kind of leave it out there on the field, as it were. That's a great question. I feel like for different projects, um, I have a different answer for it. Generally, I'm not a fan of watching myself work because I am hypercritical and I'll always find something to nitpick at, so I can't really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, But 1883 was unique in that it was such a massive scale production. Honestly, the biggest scale I've ever uh, worked on production-wise. I mean, it, it was truly... Taylor Sheridan just does it next, 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 next level. Sam Elliott told me two weeks in, he's like, Eric, it does not get bigger than this. And so to hear him say that, I was like, oh, man. Um, But, you know, so in this case, I watched everything because I was just so excited to see what he did with the rest of the show. Hmm. Uh, Not necessarily to watch my work, but just to see all the actors that I spent so much time with do their thing. Uh, More, you know, just out of... I was a fan of everyone that I did the show with. So I just, I wanted to see them do the work and I was a huge fan of Yellowstone coming into it. So it was more just about seeing it all come together. And, you know, when we're out there with a thousand people on set every day and, you know, you're up there in the middle of the Texas kind of hill country with the horses and the cattle and we're, we're you know, swimming through the river. I'm just like, how is this going to translate on screen? So it was more just to, you know, get to experience it as a as a viewer and a fan of the show as opposed to to watch myself. And I would guess with a with a series like this, I, you know, I, I have no idea, but I, I would I would make the supposition that this is all filmed. You know, like you said, it's it's all right there. You're in the open. You're in these you're in these places, these great locations in Texas and things like that. where you are actually going through none, none of this is green screen. You're not doing it on a studio back lot. All this is shot right there. Am I am I correct? That is correct. You know, generally when you're filming movies and TV shows, you know, a lot of the times you're at, let's, for example, Paramount Studios on their lot in a big warehouse type room, pretending like you're in New York City or pretending like you're you're where the, the story is taking place. But really, you're just in a studio lot where they're making it all seem like it's where the story takes place, but it's not mm-hmm. this 100% different situation. Taylor Sheridan is all about authenticity. So when we're talking about a place in the story, like when we're saying we're in the stockyards of Fort Worth to, to begin this cattle drive, we filmed it in the stockyards of Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about, you know, being in a certain part of Texas out there on the trail, that's where we got to shoot it. Mm-hmm. So we really got to feel and, you know, immerse ourselves 
in not only our work, but you know, the, the, the landscape and, and, and everything around us that also brought the story together and made it that much more believable because, you know, we're not pretending we were actually living it in the place that we're talking about. So it's very unique, very cool that, that rarely happens in film. Uh, so when it does, it's, <laughs> I, I'm going to say it over and over. It's, you know, just, it was a dream. <laughs> it's very, very cool that Taylor does things the way he does. I can imagine. Wow, that sounds that just it, it to 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 even imagine it is impressive. Just because uh, I've I've been down to Texas and it's just some of the most beautiful country that you can see, especially the wide open areas where it's unsettled and things like that. It's it's uh, it kind of makes you think about the way things were back in 1883. Yep. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. And you know, so much of the of the the state and the the cities we shot in, like they're just so proud that you know their stories are being told, and you know it. it it's just amazing to, to kind of get to experience culture outside of, you know, normal filming places right. for lack of a better word, like LA or New York and, you know, Atlanta now. So to, to see them get to experience it too, and to, for them to see their cities and, and their state of Texas and Montana get put on the map the way they did, it's, it's life-changing for them, which is, you know, so rewarding and, and fun to experience. So the support was amazing shooting down in Texas. I mean, everybody was cheering us on and, you know, stay longer and what can we do and bending <laughs> over backwards. Like, you know, it's a culture and uh, a support that y- you just don't feel in any other places. <clears throat> Very cool. And again, if you're just now tuning in, we're talking with actor Eric Nelson about his role in 1883. Got a couple other things we want to talk about with him. Are you OK to stick with me through a very brief commercial break? Yeah, you bet. Perfect. Uh, If you're just now tuning in, stay tuned. We're going to take a small break. We're going to come right back and continue our chat with Eric Nelson. You're listening to Geek to Me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Please stand by. Hi, everyone. My name is Julian Glover. I'm an actor, and I'm here on Geek to Me Radio. We are back. Geeks My Radio heard here every Sunday night on the Big 550 KTRS. I'm your host, James Enstall. Very quickly, want to tell you about our premier sponsor, which is, of course, the City of St. Charles, the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. My longtime listeners will know the website discoverstcharles.com. That's discoverstcharles.com. It's a great place to visit. We were just out there for their St. Charles in Bloom Festival. Gorgeous displays all up and down. Uh, the merchants really go all out and put all these beautiful flowers out. There's a parade, uh, Lewis and Clark Fife and Drum Corps out there. If you've not visited St. Charles lately, there's probably something new you haven't discovered. Every time I go down there, there's a new restaurant or a new shop has opened up. And that's one of the things that I love about this is because that entire area is made up of these small businesses. And especially in this economy, it's never been more important to support small businesses where you can. Brand new restaurant, for example, opened up. It used to be the Tompkins House. It used to be the mother-in-law house. It's now the main house. And they had a nice limited menu because they just opened a week ago. So as I said, there's always something new down there. But we popped in a couple of new shops that we hadn't visited before. Uh, we're huge fans of the bakery right there, uh, Sugar and Slice. They have these ginormous cinnamon rolls that are going to send me into a diabetic coma one day. But if that's the way I go, I'm fine with it. Um, if you haven't visited, like I said, lots of outdoor activities, lots of things to do. If you're from outside the listening area, maybe you're watching us and you're not 
in the greater St. Louis, St. Charles area, like my guest, Eric, he's down in Texas, uh, and you want to plan someplace new to visit, go to the website, start your trip there, discoverstcharles.com, discoverstcharles.com. There's never a bad time to visit, and there's always something cool going on. A lot of upcoming festivals. We'll talk more about that as the year progresses, so make sure you keep it tuned here, and make sure you go check out the website. Once again, discoverstcharles.com. As we always say, it's an historically good time. Chatting for just a little bit longer here with my guest, Eric Nelson. We were talking all about his role in 1883. Um, I, I, you're a brand ambassador for a brand new bourbon, uh, Bucking Bull Bourbon. I, I take it you are a bourbon guy. And then they, they were like, hey, we, we like uh, your image. We like, as they say, the cut of your jib. We'd like you to be a brand ambassador. Is that kind of uh, how it came about? Yeah, basically. I'm also actually a partner in the company. Oh, brilliant. Uh, so not- you know, kind of the the face to kind of you know get it in the public eye and, and get us where we need to get. Um, but I am a partner in the uh, in the bourbon as well and in, in Bucking Bull brand. So it's it's an exciting time for us. And you know, we're uh, we're a Texas bourbon, so we uh, we pride ourselves on that. And we've um, we just launched a couple couple weeks ago, and we're uh, we're basically all over Fort Worth at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're in Dallas and now we're in Houston and, and, and Austin. So we really want to make our footprint Texas and then we're going to completely spread out from there. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's an incredible bourbon. It's been so much fun being on uh, another side of the, um, well, just in another industry in general, uh, learned a bunch and it's, it's been a blast. I mean, it really has. I feel like uh, the liquor kind of goes in cycles, and I feel like bourbon's really making a strong comeback in the past couple of years. Because I seem like when I go to restaurants, there are more and more bourbon cocktails listed on the menu. So my question to you is: if I if I'm going to go buy some Bucking Bull, uh, usually if I'm just tr- drinking it neat or straight, I'm kind of like a Basil Hayden Basil Hayden toast. If I do mixing with stuff, like if I'm, I'm making stuff for holidays and events, like if I want to make my maple bourbon smash, I'll grab some Maker's Mark. Where would you say Bucking Bull bourbon comes in on the... Is it a good uh, mixer? Is it just something you want to have straight or over ice? You know, that's a great question. It, for me, I, I don't like to put too much in it. I, I just like a little bit of ice in there, and I just throw it right on top. Um, but I really like to pull out the flavors and, you know, we've actually, it's a hundred proof. So it's got a little extra kick, nice. but it's super smooth on the back end. I had, before I got involved with the company and, uh, every barrel, we've got a small batch and they've all been, um, aged properly for at least five years before it, it hits your mouth. So it's, it's got some good aging to it, but before I tr- tried it for the first time to see if this was, you know, a, a bourbon I wanted to jump in with, I had my wife try it. Who's not a bourbon drinker. Mm. And I didn't preface it by it by saying anything to her that I was interested in the company, blah, blah, blah. And I just wanted to see what she reacted to it. And she tried it, and she loved it, and she wanted it again the next night. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this is it. It's the <laughs> one. Um, but, you know, it makes for an incredible old-fashioned. My a bunch of my buddies, you know, they, they, they like to, to mix it with Coke or, or ginger ale, you name it. So it mixes very, very well. Um, but if you're a bourbon lover and you really like to pull out those flavors, which we have a lot of, um, you know, I suggest, and what I always do is I just throw it over a little bit of ice and call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of nice to have that just kind of as you're winding down something to give you a little bit of a kick. So a hundred proof that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, buck and bull and it does buck. So it's, uh, <laughs> it kind of ties hand in hand there. Um, but you know, especially when we're out riding and we're on, you know, filming 1883 or Westerns in general, and just being around that cowboy culture, I mean, bourbon is so huge in the South and, um, you know, it, it's such a staple. So 
it's it's been really fun to to kind of get to bring this um, unique opportunity to not only my fans um, but you know the culture that I've been surrounded in these days and you know it's 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 being welcomed with open arms and uh, haven't met a person yet that wasn't a fan so it's it's making me real happy and it's again just just been so much fun. <clears throat> And I, I'd be remiss if I didn't let you uh, talk for a moment about you got uh, you have your foot in the Star Wars universe as well. You had a voice role in the game Star Wars: The Old Republic. A, how was it uh, doing the voice is in the game? And B, were you always a Star Wars fan, or was this just kind of a job that came up and you're like, "Ooh, that sounds fun"? You know, it's crazy because I I ended up doing uh, three video games for George Lucas. That was one, and then. Uh, Lucas Arts did uh, two video games. It was like you build roller coasters, and there's characters. It was called Thrillville, uh, but it was under the Lucas Arts did them. So when I got, I wasn't, I was a big Star Wars fan. To answer your question, <laughs> I, I, I was geeking out, no pun intended, uh, when when I heard that George Lucas was the run right, the one writing my checks for this job, and they didn't tell us what it was when I was recording it, but uh, it didn't take me long to figure it out once I got in there and heard all the dialogue and stuff. Um, for Old Republic, but uh, it, it, it was it was a dream. I'm, I'm still uh, a Star Wars geek, and I always will be. Um, so that one was really cool. It was, it was a little bit ago. I'm hoping, uh, you know, to uh, to get on camera in, in one of those because man, that just would be life changing. Yeah, and it, I love the kind of uh, a lot of people have compared the Mandalorian to a kind of like you know the lone wolf and cub, the kind of the western type feel, the way it's been, especially the first season. So uh, that would, oh, yeah. it's it's such a great series. So yeah, I'd, I'd say uh, if if George, if you're listening right now, Eric's up for a role in Mandalorian. Let's make it happen. <laughs> oh, your list of God's ears, brother. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and if people are you very active on social media, if people want to keep up with you online, uh, website, social media handles, if people want to find out more. Yeah, yeah, I love to hear from the fans, from anybody. Honestly, on my on my Instagram. At Eric Nelson Official, I'm constantly updating everybody up there. I post what's happening, post what's coming up. Uh, you can find all things Bucking Bull Bourbon on there as well. Uh, my my last name is Nelson, but for those of you who don't know me, know me. It's spelled very interestingly. It's N E L S E N, not O N. Commonly misspelled everywhere I go. I can thank my uh, Scandinavian ancestors for that one. <laughs> Well, well, we'll put a link to that. So if you're listening to this right now after the fact, if we've already aired and you're listening to it in the podcast form, scroll down to the bottom of the page and Joey V will have a link to that in the show notes. I'm very excited to try Bucking Bull. I love the label. It's so colorful. It really kind of stands out at you. Uh, the, the graphics on it are, are gorgeous. I can't wait to try the actual bourbon itself. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that was kind of part of it too. You know, when it's on that shelf next to all the bourbons that, you know, you've seen for the last hundred years, basically, uh, it really does pop and the colors you know, just kind of scream at you. And so uh, we've seen a lot of people gravitate, gravitate towards trying it just for that alone. So it's been really unique. And we had an amazing artist uh, conceptualize it for us. So it's it's um, it, it, it seems to be to be working, especially on those dark shelves that typically those bottles are sitting on in restaurants and bars and such. So. Yeah, that's that's business 101. You got to stand out from the crowd. I think the, the bottle definitely does a gorgeous job of doing that. Well, thank you. Thank you for saying that because there was a lot of a lot of thought and uh, incredible, incredible artists uh, did, did the work on that. And we, our, our, our founders, Phil and Sarah, have a massive painting in their in their house, and it just looks so cool. <laughs> Very neat. 
And again, it's Bucking Bull our, Bourbon. You'll see our Bucking Bull Bourbon uh, Mobile driving around Texas all over the place. We've got this really, really badass, just blacked out um, Dodge Challenger with the big Bucking Bull, that, what you see on the bottle, on yeah. the hood of it. And then oh, wow. it says Bucking Bull on, on each side. And that looks really cool. <laughs> Well, we'll be sure to watch for that. Hopefully, we'll get some up here in St. Louis at some point, and we can uh, give that a shot. I really appreciate you taking the time on a Sunday to spend some time and uh, talk with us, and hopefully we can have you back on again at some point, maybe for that Mandalorian Season 4 or something like that. Hey, I'm ready for it. Hey, when it when it happens, I'm calling you and I'm thanking you, okay? Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to do more than that. I'm taking you to a nice dinner, too. Oh, we'd love it. <laughs> we'd love it. Thank you again, and please tell Sainty I said hello. Uh, we, we had her on the show a couple months ago, and she was a delight as well, so I've had you both on now. I'm very pleased. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Eric Nelson. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. There he goes. And again, those uh, links will be down at the bottom of the uh, show notes. If you scroll down there, you'll find them. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come right back and we'll talk with Laura Ailman. I'll probably mispronounce her last name, but hopefully she'll correct me when I get her on the phone. Uh, You're listening to Geek to Me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Please stand by. Hi, everybody. This is James Masters with his sexy fake British accent. You're listening to Geek to Me Radio. We are back, Geek to Me Radio. I'm your host, James Enstall. Want to make sure we tell you about our official comic book store sponsor. That, of course, is Bugs Comics and Games. I was just out there for free comic book day, and boy, did Larry have a crowd. Uh, it's always cool to be out there at the store, but when there's an event going on like free comic book day, it's it's just such fun chaotic energy Uh, a lot of kids running around who obviously were being introduced to comic books for the first time and they uh, could pick out the ones that they wanted there and kind of dip their toes in the comic book water a lot of uh, grown-ups who act like kids like me were there uh, getting getting my comic books pulled and of course whatever you're looking for larry's got it It doesn't have to be an event to go check out uh, bugs comics and games right there on brian road in o'fallon missouri you can get them from either the page extension or from highway 70 easy access right there to brian road and of course you can uh, get the Facebook page like Bugs Comics and Games on Facebook. Click that like button there. Larry will be thrilled. If you're looking to get into comic books, you he's got a bunch of back issues. He's got new issues every Wednesday that come out. He's got a huge selection of magazines, trading cards, toys, games, all sorts of stuff. And if you join the Avengers Club, you start saving money immediately on your purchases. And in this economy, we all need to save money where we can. Don't sacrifice your hobby. Join the Avengers Club at Bugs Comics. And if you're looking to divest yourself, maybe you've got a bunch of comic books. Maybe you uh, you know, you know, had someone give you a bunch of comic books and you want to kind of get rid of them. You don't know what to do with them. Give Larry a call at Bugs Comics. He will give you a very, very fair price for them. And you won't have to worry about trying to go on eBay and sell them online and open up that can of worms. Once again, Bugs, Comics, and Games. You can check out the Facebook page, give them a like there, and go visit them on Brian Road in O'Fallon. Very proud to have them as our official comic book sponsor here on geek to me Radio. My next guest is a star. She's been in uh, broadcast in over 225 countries around the world. She's participated in more than 48 film productions. You can see her currently on Casa Grande. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. I'm very excited to have Laura Alleman join us right now. Laura, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be with you all. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you. I was I was blown away. The more research I did on you, I can't imagine that you ever sleep. I mean, my goodness, you, you, you do film production, you do acting, you're a stunt woman, you write songs, you're a yoga instructor. I'm like, I don't know when she has time to act with all this other stuff she has going on, but it's fascinating to look over your career. 
Oh, it's it's been quite a journey. I've I've been hustling since I'm a teenager, and it's been more than a privilege to be able to learn from such amazing and talented people uh, throughout my career. So, more than honored to to keep having the opportunity to work in the things I love. And so, obviously, we do a lot of pop culture stuff here, and we kind of lean into the comic book genre. So, we're going to talk about your origin story. You got, you start acting very young. Your mom was a vocal teacher. Was it just always kind of like in your blood? Did you know right out of the gate that acting and performing is what you wanted to do with your life? I knew that performing was going to be my 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 route to go. I I remember being in the theater when I was a little kid. I was probably four years old, five years old. And my mom was doing this variety show in the capital of San Juan in Puerto Rico. And I was fascinated every time I was in the green room, seeing the dancers, seeing the wardrobe, seeing the show itself was something that really made me passionate and excited every night that she had a show. She, she used to do 137 shows per year. And I started working there as one of those children in the play and I knew that I wanted to do something there. I didn't know quite yet if I wanted to be a dancer or a singer or an actress, but I, I did a bit of everything and it always felt like it was meant to be. So thankfully I had my mom to uh, impart the discipline and the focus that I needed in order to develop and, and better myself as a, as, a, as a performer overall. And here I am. And you got a BA in acting and also in film production. And I guess that served you quite well. You've got your, you starred in and produced a short film called An Outfit, which I believe, if, if I'm correct, it's in post production. It's not out yet. Am I correct? Actually, it's, it's already done. Oh, wow. okay. uh, we've submitted it to a few festivals. I've been producing for, for a long time, actually, um, but I've never called myself a producer because I didn't feel like I deserved the title. Like I needed to have more experience in order to feel that I was a full-time producer. And I've, I've been doing producing in media and advertising and short films, uh, like the great elephant and a few other, like the unnameable short film. And then the outfit was that one project that I felt very passionate about. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I could already own the title so yeah it's it's coming soon in festival circuit and i cannot wait to share that experience as well and not that i'm trying to push you into more and more things but have you like <laughs> directing is that ever on your like i want to be you know do some direct because a lot of actors do, you know transition and directing they find they like it better and now that you've already gotten the producer hat on is there any goals of directing later on it's been a lifelong dream. I remember being in college and having a, a few directing classes and falling fully in love with it. And I've always had this thirst. Every time I go into a project, I feel like I get closer and closer to the role because I always put my creative input and I speak my voice. And I've been writing scripts with a few colleagues, uh, colleagues and I've had amazing mentors throughout the, the my career and it's something that I'm looking forward to. The opportunity hasn't come yet, but I'm sure that I will make it work at some point. But yes, it is something that I'm very, very passionate about. Given your, your resume so far, I have no doubt that you will make it work somehow at some point with everything else <laughs> you've already accomplished. I want to talk for a moment about the, being a stunt woman because I find that fascinating. Was that something, how did that, because it seems like when you're acting, you're doing acting, and I know some actors like to do their own stunts, but then actually doing stunts on a show like one of my favorite shows, Royal Pains. Um, how, did you, how did you get into the stunt work aspect of it? 
Oh, that was a crazy story. So I started doing this role called Matilda on the series Cleaners for Sony Pictures. Yeah. And you can find that out on, on Crackle TV. And I had to train for three months before I actually went into the role. And we started, like, uh, producing the series. And I made very good friends with the fight coordinator. And he said I had a lot of potential. So he started training me individually. And I started getting into a few gigs before I actually moved to L.A., and then I kind of stopped and didn't continue my my training, so I can't not call myself a stunt. Actually, my my boyfriend is a fight coordinator and a stunt actor, and he's a, incredibly talented. And all the discipline and the hours that they put into training is is quite <laughs> it's quite impressive. So I, I I can't call myself a full stunt actress. But it's something that, as well, I'm very passionate about. And every time I have the opportunity, I go and train. Um, and, yeah, hopefully I get to do a role that 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 has all those elements that I I, I want to perform in the future and in your future. And again, I mentioned Royal Pains. That's we we love that series. And I know as we watched it, the you know the the people the would stunts would range from anything from getting in a small scuffle on a golf course to falling off a big boat out in the bay and everything like that. Do you remember the stunts that you did particularly? Yeah, I did a few stunts. I did some falls from buildings. I did some falls from bikes. Um, they were all basically falls. Uh, nothing big, no choreographies, no martial arts. But yes, I did a few of those that required to have the skill set but not to be an experienced stunt and i want to talk to you about uh casa grande which is on freebie uh, you can catch that series on there uh it was released in both english and spanish as of may 1st so if you're listening right now you can go catch that on freebie uh this role it's very interesting because it's like a uh, i saw a a panel that was done with you, several of the other actors, including we just heard James Marsters bringing us back from commercial break there, um, and the producers and writers. And it, it's such a fascinating story, and I love that they, the writers and, and the producers of the show wanted that authenticity in the families who are playing the, you know, the, uh, the Hispanic family. And it was, it's such a great thing to see that kind of uh, attention to detail from the writers and directors. If you would talk a little bit about uh, the getting the role first of all and then how it's how it's been to be on the show well it was a beautiful experience i have to say uh it's 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 not the most significant role it's one of the most significant roles i've done throughout my career um i got my audition and i actually booked straight from audition which was oh, wow it, it was a pri- it was a privilege i <laughs> i couldn't believe it i remember my manager came home to give me the news and he was so excited. I was extremely ecstatic. I couldn't believe it. Um, it was such a powerful role. Paula is a very loving, unpretentious human who has an impassioned spirit and feels emotions deeply. So I really feel connected to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I relate to her. And I also studied a lot Dolores Huerta and I'm surrounded by amazing, talented, and and incredible people who have gone through such lengths to be able to be in the United States and sustain their family. So it was more than an honor for me to be able to interpret Paula. 
And it's such a great cast. Uh, we mentioned James Marsters, but uh, Daniel Edward Moore is in it. Kate Manzi from Days of Our Lives is in it. Uh, just a fabulous cast that's been assembled with it. And so I can only imagine as an actor to be among that caliber of talent, it almost, I would think, kind of makes you want to kind of up your game a little bit more, go in and kind of like give it a little bit more of a performance. Not that you don't always do that in every role, but I would think the more uh, the more that is put into the production and the, the people you're surrounded with kind of forces you to kind of give it a little bit more, as it were. Yes, definitely. I've always looked for roles that push me and challenge me more as a performer. I had the privilege to have Michael D. Cohen coach me through it. Also, Jesse Garcia, who's actually starting. He's the lead of Flaming Hot. You have to see this movie. He was uh, very supportive. He's one of my best friends, and he spent weeks and weeks long, like running lines and go over, go over the character and its intentions and backstory with me. And so I really built Paula from a very special place with people that I love and respect and admire. And, and again, a beautiful honor to be with such an incredibly talented cast who really made me up my game. And again, if you're just now tuning in, we're talking with Laura Alleman. Are you okay to stick with me through a brief commercial break, Laura? For sure. Perfect. Uh, we're going to come right back and chat more with her. Again, if you have a, a question or a text, if you wanted to text us in, the KTRS text lines are at 314-931-58. I'm sorry, that's the phone number. If you want to text us your question, it's 84126. Just put, this is Brian from O'Fallon, or this is Dawn from Belleville, and we'll read your text live on the air if you have a question for Laura. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. You're listening to geek to me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Please stand by. This is Ed Asner, and you're listening to Geek to Me Radio. I can't tell you how exhausting it's been humoring this geek. He is terribly costly and time-consuming. I ask for mercy, and there is none to be had with this geek. We are back. The great Ed Asner. What a tragic loss. I know I was very upset uh, when we found out we that he had passed away, but I was so glad we had him on the show. Um, if you've not had a chance to check out some of our other broadcasts, you can go to geek2meradio.com and check out our full catalog of all the different people we've had on the show uh, for over 350 episodes now. It's hard to be, believe that in August will be seven years on the radio. Uh, very, very hard to believe. And Joey V's been sitting across from me for the entire seven years, making the show sound and look as good as it does. Wouldn't be able to do it without Joey V. I want to make sure we tell you very quickly about our official food sponsor, which, of course, Steve's Hot Dogs and Steve's Meltdown. I was so bummed they had May the 4th uh, this past Thursday. And for May the 4th, he brought back the Stormtrooper hot dog. And it's so funny because I was in there at his location on Grand. We had lunch and I was like, oh, you got to bring back the Stormtrooper dog. And he's like, well, we're, we bring it back occasionally. He brought it back on May the 4th and I didn't get to make it down there. Hopefully, Steve, if you're listening, uh, we can have that come back for another occasion soon. But if you like specialty hot dogs, if you like hot dogs in general, this is the official hot dog of St. Louis. Absolutely legendary. All beef hot dogs, cold smoked, grilled, topped with perfection. Fresh baked buns, and my wife is gluten free, so of course they, she, of course they had gluten free buns, which made her day. Uh, great menu showcases a lot of flavor profiles: sweet, spicy, savory, and the fries are some of the best French fries you've ever had in your life. It's worth going down there just to get a big old basket of fries on the side. Play the arcade, the Miss Pac-Man Galaga arcade machine they've got there in their grand location. Of course, if you're online. 
Maybe you want some food delivered. You're, yeah, I don't feel like going out tonight. You Grubhub or DoorDash and go to steveshotdogsstl.com. Here's the thing. This is where knowing me pays off a little bit for you. If you enter the code geek to me G-E-E-K-T-O-M-E at online checkout, you save $5 off your order of $25 or more, which would really come in handy if you get that hot dog flight. That way you can test a couple different hot dogs while you're there. Uh, it's a great way. So you're... Wallet and your stomach are going to thank me for it. Again, it's geek to me at checkout, steveshotdogsstl.com. If you love hot dogs, you got to check them out, Steve's Hot Dogs. Uh, we're talking with Laura Alleman about her roles. We were talking about Casa Grande before we went to commercial break. And we we're talking a little bit about the outfit, too. When when this project came along, Laura, when uh, to, to star in it and produce it, it must have been something you really fell in love with this particular project. Yes, it was indeed something that I felt very passionate about. The, an outfit is a short film that is, a, it, it is meant to empower women, especially mothers. Postpartum depression uh, is the main focus of this short film, and it's a serious issue. And it's, it is something that we hear, we hear about but don't really talk about often. Mm-hmm. And body changes after having babies is a real issue. And so when Isaias Perez reached out to talk about this project and the possibility of me starring in it, uh, it was an immediate yes after I read it. And I feel more than privileged to have given life to Araceli, which is the the leading character for this story. And you spent some time training, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with the uh, the ballet troupe there in Puerto Rico, uh, the National Puerto Rican Ballet. When when you're dancing and then you're writing songs and everything, I, I would think you know some people are either left brain or right brain. It seems like with all the different stuff you do, you're using your entire brain the entire time. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like there's one aspect that you personally feel more comfortable when you're dancing, when you're songwriting, when you're acting? Uh, when when do you feel most at home what role do you feel is like this is my wheelhouse i mean i I can't really pinpoint and say this is something that it is exclusively what makes me passionate because when i'm dancing there's one side of laura that comes forward there's that passionate care careless person who really wants to just express herself when i'm writing songs i'm really digging into who i am as a person and the life stories that i've managed so far when i'm acting i bring all of those elements into the onto the table and so i can't really say one or the other i think that all of those are part of who i am and are the different faces that i i represent and with all the different hats you wear, too, uh, you know, it, people always talk about an actor's greatest asset is, and I know it varies actor by actor, but for you personally, wh- whether you're doing stunt work, whether you're doing, you know, whether you're producing, whether you're, you're, whatever it is you're doing, what do you think is your greatest tool in your toolbox as an actor? I believe, and I stand firmly uh, on this point, I believe that being from Puerto Rico and having gone through the experiences and the life challenges that I've experienced um, has been my superpower. Um, there has been so many challenges, and I've had so such a great perspective being from Puerto Rico and and actually seeing how many how many um, uh, challenges I, I can't call it anything else the challenges that come with being Puerto Rican, also the pride 
that comes from it, having uh, like coming from a culture that is so passionate, that is so giving, so connected, and so supportive, and also stands firmly by integrity and and compassion. That is something that I really feel that makes me who I am, and I stand by. If that makes any sense. It does. <laughs> It well, well said. Yes, I think I think it makes perfect sense. And with stuff, uh, you know, you're doing all these projects. Do you have anything else project wise that that's coming up that we can watch for you in? Yes. Well, as I as I mentioned before, keep an eye out for an outfit. It's coming out on the festival circuit. There's several festivals who have shown interest, and I'm very excited to show that story with y'all. I'm also I also just finished doing Casapura, casually uh, Pure House. It's a film that I did in Puerto Rico, co-starring with Giancarlo Canela, with Mariana Monclova, with with so many incredibly talented Latino actors. And it's a very moving story. It will come out next year, and I'm very excited to share as well that story. Um, again, it's one of the, the most beautiful roles I've done, as well as Casa Grande. Casa Grande, you can see at Freebie, Amazon Freebie. If you are not familiar with the with the platform, if you have Amazon Prime, you can also access it through it. It, it will actually fill your heart with love, passion, anger, and so many other elements that uh, it makes us human. Um, I am very excited for all the things that are to come, and I can't wait to see how it how it plays very very cool and if people want to keep up with you online are you active on social media are there social media handles you can give out or websites where people can go and uh, find out more about you and keep up yes for sure you can find me on ig instagram at laura aleman official l-a-u-r-a-a-l-e-m-a-n or on twitter aleman laura Facebook as well laura aleman official or you can go to my website lauraaleman.com Perfect. And we'll have, if you're listening to this after the fact, just scroll down to the bottom of the page. We'll have links to those in the show notes for you to click on and you can follow her across all there and keep up with you. And uh, I'd love to have you back on again sometime. This has been, I I love talking to you. I know I was in Puerto Rico. My sister was stationed there in the Navy and we got to go through El Yunque Rainforest, which was gorgeous. Um, And it's such a beautiful, beautiful place. If you haven't visited Puerto Rico, my goodness, you really should plan a trip. It's a great place to visit. Yes. And Junke, that's the heart of our island, our beautiful island. So I really recommend you go go visit and get to know the people. It, it, you will make sense of everything I've said here once you do. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Laura Aliman, thank you so much again for your time and have a good rest of your night. Thanks for the time on a Sunday. We appreciate it. Thank you. I hope that I get to actually be here again. Thank you for giving me the space and wishing you the best of nights. Thank you. Continued success. We'll hopefully have you on again soon. <laughs> Beautiful. Bye. Bye. Take care. There she goes. Uh, great. Uh, I, I, the Casa Grande show, I, I watched the trailer and I started to watch the first episode and I ran out of time before I had to go to Toy Man Toy Show today. And uh, But I, I can't wait to finish the series because, I mean, just the, what I saw the first episode just pulls you right in. So if you're listening and you're looking for something new to watch, like she said, it's on freebie. Uh, if you already have Amazon Prime, you already have it. It's the same. We watched Leverage Redemption from Dean Devlin is on uh, the freebie as well. So a lot of great shows on that platform. So make sure you check that out. And I'm very grateful to Laura for her time. Uh, we've just got a few minutes left and i know joey v saw guardians of the galaxy volume three as did i uh did you have a uh did uh, as far as ranking wise did you like this one would you give it how many stars out of 10 
I would give this 9 out of 10. This was so much fun, and it's great to think about just the drama behind the movie, too. James Gunn fired after Guardians 2, brought back for the holiday special and this one, which were so much more fun than any of the other Marvel movies, in my opinion. This is just so fun, so hilarious, so gross. Yeah, This is really pushing the PG-13 with the violence, but you see a decapitated something head, but then there's little wires hanging out of the bottom. Like, oh, it's not a human. Right. (laughs) That's not blood. That's goo. So, so much fun. I enjoyed it. I think I still, of the three, I think the second one is still my favorite, but this was enjoyable. Um, I've got little quibbles like I thought Adam Warlock, they kind of wasted that character. I know they're setting him up for something, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't the best introduction to a Marvel character. We were treated much more with Namor in Wakanda Forever. Uh, He just felt, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything because I know it's the first weekend, so I'll stop. I won't get into a lot of spoilery stuff, but in my opinion, they kind of wasted the character of Adam Warlock. Hopefully, we're probably going to see more of him because Will Poulter, I'm sure, is... Not just a he one and done. for some reason. Yeah. And he got yoked, jacked. Yeah. So He we'll, starts the whole movie in motion, but you do forget about him, and then he comes back. Oh, yeah, that's, what's his name? Goldface? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Goldface, that's a DC Comics villain. We're not going to make that mistake. Um, but no, it, 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 Just it, like it, James Gunn, the yes. DC Comics oh, villain now. Now he's, he's back with DC. So, mm-hmm. But it was, I was, um, again, I don't want to spoil it because it's the first week, and it, it just opened, so it'd be unfair for me to say some of the, the stuff that I've I want to say, but I was surprised. I will say a lot of, lot of surprises for me personally in this movie, but it was it was very emotional. It's probably the most emotional uh, of the Guardians cried, yeah. movies so far. Yeah, it's kind of hard not to get there. I mean, there was when I left my screen, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. <laughs> I mean, just it going was, on with your tissues, like tissue, sir. Like sir? literally, uh, the woman next to me, she she said, "I'm gonna, I'm, I've got this." blanket with me. I said, oh, are you cold? She goes, oh, I'm going to sob into it. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I wish I'd brought mine knowing what I know now. But it, it's a very emotional packs a punch. And I think, uh, you know, you're there for the music and he delivers there on the soundtrack front, just like he did in the first two. Uh, people are already listening to this on, and we've got Chance, I just noticed in the con- I, I haven't been paying attention to the chat, so I apologize. Uh, Chance from the Nostalgic Pod Blast says uh, he, uh, he thought it was very sad too, volume three. And the best part, St. Louis reference again. Yes. So I know St. Charles. If yeah. you if you want to be pedantic, they are a sponsor. But yes, Saint right. Louis. Yeah, the, my my sponsor sponsored. <laughs> so they're one of the sponsors that you can see them in Guardians of the Galaxy three. That's Very how big cool. this Saint show Charles. is, folks. Thanks I'm just for telling you for that. <laughs> um, we're wrapping it up here. I can't believe it's already coming to the end of the show. Uh, I do want to thank again my guests Eric Nelson and Laura Aliman. I now know how to pronounce her name. I wasn't sure at first. She was very kind and told me how to pronounce it uh, before I picked her up on the phone there. Uh, but two fantastic guests. Make sure you check out their projects. Again, Joey V will have links to those in the show notes. Um, it's not time yet. I'm just getting it ready. Um, but, yeah, we've uh, got a lot to cover for the mo- rest of the month. We've got wall-to-wall guests next week. Paul Eiding, the voice of Perceptor from Transformers. A lot of video game voices as well, uh, but I'm excited. He'll be on the show uh, along with Michelle Danner talking about some of her work. The week after that, the week of the 21st, we've got Dietrich Bader on the show. Very excited to talk to him. Uh, once again, thanks to all my sponsors, the City of St. Charles, Greater St. Charles Convention, the Visitors Bureau, Bugs, Comics and Games, Steve's Hot Dogs, and it's not in the way you watch I zombie. It's not in the
kids, are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon? Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Well, don't be selfish. Share some of that money with us. Before going on Amazon, make sure to type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. It will look just like Amazon.com, except it'll say referral geek to me radio up top. And then when you check out, a tiny percentage will go to support the show without costing you one cent more. So before your parents get you that gizmo, gadget, or widget, make sure they type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. Bit.ly slash geek to me. Bit.ly slash geek to me.